What is the single most important thing for a meaningful life? And how do we discover what that might be? Welcome to Word for the Week, Season 2, Episode 48. Today we explore what is truly the most important thing in life, and we'll use Christmas to help us. So, how'd you come up with this focus for Christmas? Well, it all started back in 1869. <laughs> so you've been thinking about this for a long time. <laughs> long, long time. But mm -hmm. uh, honestly, for a backstory for any visitors who may be not as familiar with uh, Canaan, our church was originally founded in 1869. So we started this out, call it a semi-tradition where we uh, revisit the very first Christmas. We even get in period clothing and mm -hmm. such. And alas, this year wasn't meant to be. I just find this crazy. Here we are at minus eight or whatever at the moment, and by next Sunday it'll be 55. But <laughs> I, I just take that as God saying no. Yeah, I know. With the flash freeze warning and frigid temperatures, we just decided to go on the side of caution and celebrate Canaan's Christmas online this year. Yep, and since it... It takes time to pull together, um, you know, a full webcast. Uh, <clears throat> we we really had to to decide early in order to uh, make something worthwhile happen. So that's what we did. We pulled the trigger fairly early, and uh, and we're pulling together all the content, which should be some great stuff. So instead of meeting Christmas Eve and Christmas Day at the church, we'll be here online Saturday at six thirty instead. Uh, that is correct, and uh, we're hoping to. Uh, do one big event and kind of roll Christmas Eve and Christmas uh, Day uh, all into one. And we've got a lot of folks participating, so it should be a good one. In fact, everybody can participate because besides the music and readings, people are encouraged to call and text Christmas blessings during the live webcast. Uh, the one thing about planning a message since 1869 and said in 1869. Yeah. You've been around a long time. <laughs> I've been around. I'm older than I look. Said in 1869, but, uh, you know, here we're in the vantage of the 21st century. Mm -hmm. It sets up this large vista of time looking over a century and a half, basically. Uh, and And I was rather awed by the thought, you know, that if we went, if we were able to um, um, actually have been over there doing our period thing, if we were over there and uh, we had a time machine <laughs> and we were able to wind back the Christmases, just yeah. think, we could be standing in the very same space, in the very same structure and wind it back and still be within those same walls all the way back to 1869. So uh, a lot of, there's a large time invested in there. So. Mm -hmm. And of course, a few things would change, <clears throat> like coal flues on the walls. And I believe the floor was flat in the original sanctuary. Yeah, in the original sanctuary, I believe that was flat. And of course, there were wooden pews. There were no babies back in those <laughs> days. That, no padding. No padding. <laughs> uh, and uh, all in all, there would really be something to see. And uh, even though we could be standing in pretty much the same building within the walls, just imagine once we opened the doors and went outside, we'd be stepping into an entirely different world out there. So. Yeah, we were looking through newspapers from 1869 just to get a feel of everyday life mm -hmm. at the time. Yeah, and it's really funny because things that we would wince at uh, that seem so blunt or even today would say offensive or something, mm -hmm. 
that's the way they spoke even in professional papers. Mm. Uh, and uh, so we would find people with uh, quite a different point of view. And I think the biggest sense I got as we looked through different articles was that um, there was a very strong sense that God and nature were in control, uh, not so much humanity in those days. Right. Life and death had a way of shaping the way we see things. And right. For example, the world suffered through six, I didn't realize, six, six pandemics, pandemics of cholera. Yeah. In the 19th century, smallpox, typhus, and scarlet fever ravaged the land. As a matter of fact, we have a small historic graveyard mm -hmm. in our community, and it's sobering to see how often those diseases are mentioned up on the, t the tombstones. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that was life. Mm. And, you know, uh, they wouldn't have even dreamt about a cure for a lot of these things. Right. Uh, it would be six decades before even the most primitive uh, antibiotics were discovered. As a matter of fact, the idea of antibiotic wouldn't have even existed. No. Uh, so they would have seen life and death in quite a different way. And, and quite frankly, they just would take for granted just living was a very, very risky proposition. Right. So. I was amazed at an article on how people had died. There was a pair of young boys killed by a family horse that went wild. Mm -hmm. And another story of how a young mother died while shielding her child from a falling oil lamp. Mm -hmm. And there were quite a few deaths due to open flame appliances. Uh, yeah, and they wouldn't. And I'll tell you, when you read They're the, just matter of fact kind <laughs> of how... Exactly. You know. When they explained this stuff, it was very matter of fact. And uh, uh, people died in some pretty tough ways back in those days. Uh, mm. and, and like we say, it gave them, uh, obviously, a different uh, uh, life view of things. Right. And of course, uh, as we talked, a lot of these injuries, is this is what I found interesting, a lot of the injuries, it would say, and they died after the fact. Mm. So because, I mean... So there's a lot of suffering. Well, and there wasn't the medicine. That was right. the thing. There, right. The medicine wasn't there. Yeah. But medicine wasn't the only thing. When you think of it, the 19th century were winding up big time in industrialization. But technology uh, overall was really in its infancy, you know, from our standpoint. Right. For example, it, it's interesting to think that there was no human flying machine <laughs> in the air. I mean, mm. that at the most they might have dreamt about it and they came up with some pretty crazy inventions. Right. But it would be 34 years before even the first primitive attempt at flying right so yeah. imagine telling them that today not only can we fly faster than sound but even left footprint we left footprints on the moon i right. mean I, I i'd love to see their faces and then there's communication technology do you know when the first transatlantic cable was laid as a matter of fact i do because <laughs> i cheated before this uh, this program but uh, I found this interesting. Mm. The cable was laid in 1858, but it was four years for them to get that uh, cable down. And apparently, uh, when the original cable was put down, it only worked right for three weeks. Can, Can you, you imagine? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and the cable only carried a, a telegraph signal. And mm -hmm. guess how long it took to get a signal from New York to London? Well, you know, I, this is something that gets me is that it seems to me, at the most, it should only take a few seconds, of, at the most, a few minutes, because, you know, impedance and signal loss and all that good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, a few minutes would be the guess. Well, I'm not sure of all the stuff that's involved, but it took them 16 hours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the only thing slow... <laughs> 
The only thing slower than that is my email. Somehow I get email 16 hours later. Well, can you imagine telling the people of 1869 how we can bring up data from anywhere in the world in, in microseconds? Well, and you know, not only anywhere in the world telling them that, uh, you know, we were talking about flight, that we can mm. also, from outer space, bring up a picture from across the world. Yeah. On our, yeah, telling them that, they, I'm sure they would think we're absolutely crazy. But, um, you know, the idea of life and death, that shaped their view, life right. and death quite differently. Technology being quite different in our day, but also social norms. Yes. Imagine <laughs> going back to 1869 and telling them that there are no longer two genders. Now, uh, gender is really not a biological fact, but a matter of preference. Uh, and that, in fact, we're 19 genders and growing <laughs> by the day. So. And they can even change in the same day. So I, I can only imagine the, their look of confusion. And yeah, I imagine that would be a hard one for them to swallow. Mm. Uh, another great topic might be parenting. Like in our day, uh, I think you were telling me, uh, I think it was our, our friend Marsha that said that somebody was going to call social services on her because uh, she, she didn't teach her kids about Santa Claus or something to uh, that effect. Yeah, it could I, be. I don't yeah, but, but anyway, there was <clears throat> there was something like that. Um, and the idea that, you know, you really can get in trouble just spanking a child today. Right. But imagine going back to pe the parents of 1869 uh, where they had words like, Are you were you familiar with that word? They say you're going to get a switching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not talking a light switch there. As a matter of fact, somebody told me that depending how bad it was uh, back in the day, they might choose the branch according to the punishment. Like <laughs> some, they still did that in my elementary school. Yeah, but you know, a, a thinner, whippier branch mm -hmm. as opposed right. to, uh, and of course, stings. <laughs> yeah, it stings, right? Or the idea of being taken to the woodshed, you know, right? Uh, that whole thing. And in their day, of course. That was simply good, firm parenting. Uh, nobody would question it at all. So right. imagine telling them about uh, losing your kids to social services in our day. Yeah. There's some views and values that would surely leave them speeches, I'm sure. I mean, all kinds of things. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and we started out by hitting on, it's kind of fun thinking of the difference. If we were to go back in time, we'd either be seen as uh, prophets or more likely crazy people. Yeah. Which makes me think, I wonder what we would think uh, if we were to talk to somebody 150 years from now hmm. but anyway definitely that but there are a lot of things that haven't changed that uh, tend to be the same uh, for example i found this amazing did you know hmm. there was a, um, a big anti-vaccination movement in england in 1869. I guess some things just don't change. Well, what's really funny, a lot of the reasons, if you look at it, are, are the same that there's anti-vaxxers today. Hmm. So 1869, nothing new there. But it's not just the negative things. The, the idea of kindness and charity haven't really changed. For example, there was one editorial that made an impression on me. Hmm. There was a lawyer from Springfield, Massachusetts, yeah, nearby yeah, me, that's, that by was... the name of W.R. Stearns. Mm -hmm. And at his death, he mandated that his body be wrapped in a linen sheet and buried in a cheap wooden box. Mm -hmm. And it's the reason that makes it inspiring. It okay. was, he wished to be buried like that because the money and the clothing could be better used for the living. And he wouldn't need it any longer. So yeah. Because, it, I don't, isn't that astounding? As opposed to picking out 
you know. Right. Um, the idea, because an, a lawyer like that would have status. Right. And it would have been the status of the day, but to be so socially aware, so um, conscious of the fact that uh, you're willing to have this pauper's grave in order to leave uh, more for the people who truly need it, uh, which would, of course, be the living. So right. uh, when you look at it, uh, no matter you know what age we live in, that's that's uh, a pretty noble perspective on life and need. For all the differences, people are the same at the core. People have the same needs and the same flaws. Mm -hmm. 1869 or today, people long for friendship, right. struggle with pride, and even when it comes to God, people are drawn or stray from him for the same very same reasons. Yeah, I mean, you can wrap it in uh, in a different uh, time and culture, but it comes down to the basically the uh, same things. And that was really, you know, we're getting back to the whole idea of the Christmas message is here was my proposal as we looked okay. at things uh, from the Christmas message was this, is the things that are most important. And by most important in life, I don't mean just what we embrace, but the things we avoid as well. Mm -hmm. The most important things to avoid or embrace are those things which do not change. Um, and uh, thereby saying that if we look at what was crucial in 1869, uh, those things remain crucial in core to our day as well. That's a good line of reasoning, but I have to ask, what does it have to do with Christmas? Yeah, and I am glad you asked because it does give me the opportunity to try and clarify myself. Um, one of the greatest texts of Christmas, uh, which ironically isn't from the time of Christ, but is a prophecy from seven centuries before. Mm -hmm. So I thought this would work. As soon as you start reading this, of course, everybody's going to know exactly where you're Isaiah from. 9, 6 through 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. So let me start by asking this question, quote from the beginning of there, unto us a child is born. When you hear those words, what first comes to mind to you? Oh, Christmas, definitely. Jesus in the manger. Okay, and how about the descriptions, wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace, what about that? Well, I think of what Christ was destined to be, I guess. Uh -huh. Okay, and, and well said, because this is a prophecy, mm -hmm. so destiny, and it is a messianic text, as mm -hmm. in about the Christ. So it makes sense uh, that's what it would be saying. But when we look at this, now I'm thinking in this huge time perspective where uh, I did find this fun every year when we get to do it to, to look at 1869 to the very Christmas that we're at. Mm -hmm. It's this huge time perspective. So the word that has come to mind most to me in this context is the word forever. Huh. His kingdom from henceforth even forever. forever. Yeah, it's true. The birth of Christ isn't just about one special night. I mean, it's about God's kingdom forever. Exactly. And uh, as we compare what people are today to what they were in 1869, 
and we we look at it in context to what you just read mm -hmm. in that verse there are two aspects of of humanity that come to mind to me is is this uh human need and nature our need in nature mm -hmm. and by that i mean we have a sin nature which dictates really whether we accept it or not what we need most in life yeah. and uh and then if we look at some other scripture it not only explains what you just read, but explains the situation that I'm talking about in need in nature. Okay, I'll read through a number of passages to give us the biblical picture. Yeah, here's the feel. Give us the groove. Okay, Romans 3. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. All alike have become worthless. There's no one who does what's good. Not even one. And then Isaiah 64, 6. All of us have become like something unclean, and all our righteous acts are like a polluted garment. All of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities carry us away like the wind. Well, that's quite a view, isn't it? The mm. idea of us getting carried away like dry yeah. leaves. Um, what was that song back in the... Dust in the wind? Yeah. I wasn't sure if you were going folksy or not. Yeah, yeah. that's... A, <laughs> And then back to Romans, Romans 7. So I discovered this law. When I want to do what's good, evil is present with me. For in my inner self I delight in God's law, but I see a different law in the parts of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and taking me prisoner to the law of sin in the parts of my body. What a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Right, and so we're looking at from... <laughs> need uh, flaws and and through need what we really want like like mm -hmm. you said if we go back to 1869 uh or all the way back to isaiah where you were reading mm -hmm. people are still limited we're still flawed mm -hmm. uh and we still have the very same nature uh that we've always had and we have always needed something or someone who transcends what we are, or we can never really break the cycle. So that's why when we read those words, unto us a child is born, it is, in effect, the greatest news in human history. This is how we get what we need most. But even at that, it's not enough, and, and I love this, I, I, I unabashedly steal this from Charles Spurgeon from mm. A Great Christmas a message he ended with this is the idea it's not enough that Christ is born into the world it really doesn't mean anything until he is born into us mm -hmm. yeah. so bottom line in life what's most important to re <clears throat> is important to remove from our lives mm -hmm. right and most important to strive after so mm -hmm. um, what are those yeah, things it's hmm? <laughs> you're asking what are those things <laughs> <laughs> You're replacing a statement or a question yeah, as a sorry. statement. Uh, no problem in there. And and but just to point out what you say uh, is that as I was looking at it, and you look at what is most important in life. The two of them, uh, at first, you're thinking, well, what do we need? And I was thinking, no, actually, it is. Well, what things must we avoid at all costs? Mm -hmm. Then what things must we strive for at all costs? Yeah. And uh, I'd like to start off by saying first, uh, uh, the more there are some things that are not in this list. For instance, the more things materially that we want, the more that we tend to give into the things 
that we indulge ourselves with, the yeah. emptier life becomes. I yeah. mean, we've seen that. Mm -hmm. But even that's nothing new to our age. Remember, the old uh, there was an old um, ancient Greek saying dealing with indulging the appetite, uh, especially material appetite. Mm -hmm. And it was simply this. He said that to indulge yourself is, is like drinking seawater. It's a, the more that you drink, the thirstier you, you uh, become. Yeah. What the Bible calls sin is really our broken nature. Galatians 5 describes what that looks like. It's hmm. not just the destructive indulgences we think are fun. It's also the dark side of us, the anger and envy and selfishness, all those things. Yeah, all the things we try and pretend are not there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you know, the great thing about Galatians uh, in that Galatians chapter 5, and Paul's writing echoing what Christ has already you know, said earlier in, in the world, in the same chapter, he goes on to list the qualities that bring richness to life. Mm -hmm. Those things were the must avoid at all cost. Uh, the, then the richness of life are things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, mm -hmm. goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Uh, those qualities are what really make life life. What, uh, right, that's and of living. course those qualities are the fruits that come with Christ being born within. Uh, and that's it. When the fruits of the Spirit is to say Christ born within. Mm. So here's where I go. All the stuff we were talking about, bottom line, <laughs> what you asked at the very beginning uh, is this. The most important thing to avoid is indulging your broken spirit. Right. Uh, and the most important thing to embrace is the Spirit of God wherever He is moving or however He is moving in your life. Exactly. And that's a solid me message, whether it's 1869 or today. <laughs> yeah, if it was 1869, it would be flowery language, but the same <laughs> message, no question. And just a slight change in topic as we mm -hmm. discuss Christmas, we aren't featuring any music on this wordcast for a very good reason. Okay, it's because of the uh, live streaming uh, Christmas Eve tomorrow and i am quite excited i put it out to some folks and they just were delighted to very quickly provide me with video i was surprised and impressed so there will be lots and lots of music tomorrow enough for even the most discriminating tastes <laughs> and as we said due to the weather it's part it's our part in keeping people safe and we'll celebrate our christmas eve saturday 6 30 p.m live on facebook and just so people realize, too, that it can be viewed later at their right. convenience on Canaan's YouTube channel. Uh, if you're not into YouTube or Facebook, you can go directly to canaancommunity.org slash media, and then you can get around that stuff and watch it right there directly on the website. All right. We won't be meeting Sunday morning either in person, so we've rolled that it all into one whoops <laughs> big event. So um, hope you can make it online tomorrow and stay safe and have a very blessed Christmas. And we'll see you later. Bye. You can watch Word for the Week at CanaanCommunity.org. You can also catch our live stream on Canaan Communities Facebook, YouTube, or your favorite podcast app.